Hello, hello, and welcome to my show, the Mind Body Musings podcast. This is your host, Madeline Moon. Today, we're going to be speaking with a very special guest. And I know that we say this often, but I really mean it today. His name is Gaul Cezanne, and he is an, a, a powerhouse of wisdom, is what I would like to say. In regards to astrology, mysticism, the Kabbalah, so many things, he knows it. But what we're going to be talking with him today about is the power of names and how we choose our names as souls. In between our lives, we go up into the ether and we decide what lessons we learned and what lessons we need to still learn. And then we come back to earth and we choose a name that demonstrates those lessons. So your name is like a blueprint. It's like a book. It's unique and it's specifically for you. So Gaul is going to talk all about that today. I think you're going to find this fascinating and it's going to definitely inspire you to go learn more about your name. And may I even say, love your name even more. I know I sure feel connected to my name and I already did, but even more so. And now I feel really encouraged to go even deeper. So here is his official bio. Gal Cezanne is an established author and has been teaching workshops on storytelling, Kabbalah, astrology, and mysticism around the globe for over 20 years. His first book, A Wish Can Change Your Life, has been translated into over eight languages and, uh, and is endorsed by H.H. the 14th Dalai Lama. His second work, Cosmic Navigator, is the essential reference guide to understanding your astrological makeup. He recently published a book on the astrology of 2018 and 2019. He is a contributor of the Huffington Post and Astrology.com and has been named Los Angeles Best Astrologer by W Magazine. He is a guest lecturer at USC Tel Aviv University and teaches at Eslin Omega Institute, University of Judaism and the Open Center in NYC. He has appeared on CNN, ABC News, KTLA TV, Los Angeles, to name a few. In 2017, his academic article, Symbolic Meanings of Names in the Bible, was published by the Journal of Storytelling, Self, and Society. He currently resides in Los Angeles, but gives seminars and workshops regularly in over 13 countries. His website is CosmicNavigator.com. Ooh, yes, get ready. Get ready because he has a workshop that is going to be on October 16th here in New York City. So if you are local in the area and you're interested in checking it out, listen to this podcast, learn, gain from his wisdom, and then decide to join us because it's going to be a fantastic time. And before we go into the interview, only a couple things. Next month, I'm hosting the Embodied Archetype Retreat with Jamie Woolrab, who is a director, author, vocal coach, speech coach, uh, professional, everything, and is one of the wisest, most intuitive men that I know. And I know a lot because of this podcast and Jamie really is an exceptional human being. So if you are craving to be in the presence of other community members, soul sisters, maybe soul brothers, because this is a co-ed retreat that is going to inspire you and ignite you while you also go inward and work on your own connection to your voice because that is particularly what we are working on. We are working on the voice and the shadow. So if you want to go into your shadow by using more of your voice and storytelling and embodying, you do not want to miss this event. Book your flight, get over here, come be with us for the Embodied Archetype Retreat, November 15th to 17th. If you're even considering it, please join us. It is the lower priced point of most of all retreats I've ever done, actually. The entire weekend with two trained teachers, myself and Jamie, who have spent 
hundreds of thousands of dollars invested into our own trainings and shadow work and voice work and everything, everything we've done. This retreat where we're going to be pulling together this combination of both of our worlds that we have invested in and learned from, it's only going to be a thousand for the, all the work that we get into this weekend. So most of my retreats are, are quite a bit more than that. So if you're interested in working with me and you're interested in doing shadow work and voice work and meeting Jamie and seeing what Jamie can do for you and the power of your voice and your body, because your voice is actually how your body is living out into the world. It is how we, we are, we are of this world of this society is through our voice. It is that powerful. It is how people create feelings about us beliefs about us is through our voice not just what we say but how we say it so if this is fascinating to you please reach out to me email jamie you can go to maddiemoon.com forward slash events and it will all be there all the information that you need to apply and then i'll get back to you and we'll schedule a call so head on over there and i look forward to hearing from those of you who are interested and um, last thing, if you're if you're if you've been waiting for the feminine spirit school to come back around, please go to maddiemoon.com forward slash feminine dash spirit to sign up to be on that waiting list because I plan to launch it. Uh, I plan to open the doors actually for signups at the end of this month, maybe mid month. So if you're wanting to do one on one work with me, but it is too much of a commitment, either financially or time wise or emotionally for what you can do right now, then the Feminine Spirit School is definitely what you want to join. It is an eight-week program where you go deep into uh, one topic per week. So you'll go into the feminine one, the masculine one, the inner child in one, ancestral lineage healing in one. You go into shadow. You go into sexuality and sensuality. It's bit by bit into pieces. It's not just this typical course that's going to like throw you into a doozy and you only have a certain amount of time to get through it all and it feels pressured and rushed. No, this is done in a way that's nurturing and slow and the you hear this all throughout the course, but it's not just what you're learning, but it's how you're learning. Are you learning with a clenched jaw and rigidity in your body or are you learning soft and supplely and smoothly while eating chocolate covered strawberries and wearing a nightgown? Because that's how I want you to be learning all of the information and all the wisdom and insight and beauty within that course. And it really is something I'm, I'm proud of to have. And the testimonials I received last year were beautiful and um, powerful. So if you're wanting to go deeper into your feminine, the feminine spirit school is probably for you. You can head on over to my website to see that. That's all I have to share now. Let's head on into this amazing interview with Gaul. so exciting to have you on the podcast today. I have been ah, swooning, like that's the best word to describe how I feel about you. And of course, I only know you from the interviews I've heard you in, but 
sometimes you just hear people or you meet people and you feel deeply connected to the wisdom within them. And you, kind sir, have stunned me with your wisdom and your knowledge and the way you share it. It's, it's a, it's addictive. So I just want to shower you with some praise and, and thank you for the work that you're doing in this world because uh, it enlivens people. I feel very enlivened listening to you and it's an honor to have you on the show today. Oh, well, thank you very much and happy Equinox. Oh, thank you. Thank you. So I'd love to just jump right on in. Um, you are you are so intuitive and wise about the power of names and that's really i've never had that conversation on the podcast before of the importance of your name and i i never even considered that we choose our own names when we were born so i would love to hear from you the story before we get into you know why we choose our names and how i would love to hear about the significance and meaning behind your name well, um, I think that because, maybe because I'm in Aries, I have a tendency to uh, test everything on myself because Aries is the first sign and it's the sign uh, that is considered to be the sacrificial lamb, meaning that we send the Aries out there into the um, uncharted territories. If they return, that's great. Then um, we know the way. If they don't return, we just uh, call them the sacrificial lamb and we try another path. So with... Um, Everything I do in life, including astrology, psychology, everything I did is because of experience myself, like I, certain things that I experienced. And then if I return safely, I love to share it. You know, one of the best way to learn something is to actually teach it. So with names, the same thing uh, basically happened to me. I always knew that my name means uh, in Hebrew, a wave and a wave like a wave in the ocean. Uh, and then in crucial moments in my life, I tested it to see if the meaning of my name, the etymology of my name, um, guides me in the right direction. And because I love to experiment on myself, um, I've tested it. So it was right after I finished my degree in psychology and I had to go to a, a master's and PhD in clinical psychology. And uh, the only thing I was missing uh, was a recommendation from one of the professors that kind of knew me because... In some of the classes, I shared certain things that happened to me in my life. And I was pretty sure he's going to say, yeah, of course, no problem. You're going to be a great psychologist. And then he basically turned to me and said in his office, listen, um, I can't really let you come into the folds of psychology. And I said, why? Because he said, either you're going to be a problem to the system and constantly fight with the system, and that would be a waste of energy, or the system will change your creativity, which will be just the same. And so I felt very betrayed in a sense. Uh, I think he was referring a lot to the stuff that I was sharing about um, reincarnation and memories from past lives and dreams that I died. Because in a lot of psychological uh, um, studies, they talk about how you can't die in a, in, a, in a dream, apparently. And I died many times in a dream and I was born again in a dream. So I think that those things kind of uh, was red flagging my uh, ability to become a psychologist that falls under the track of psychology. So he told me, no, you can't um, join us. And not only that, I'm in the board, I'm in basically the committee that decides who's gonna go in and who's not. And I'm telling you right now, you're not gonna go in. So it was a very strong no. And I've learned in life that whenever we hear a really loud no, it's really a loud yes that is reverberating behind it. Because it's just a, a little no 
yeah, it's a little no, so maybe there's a little yes. But if there's a big, big no in our lives, divorce, being fired, a death, a, a big a beast that we need to jump, that's also representing a big yes towards some place and something else. And, and that day, because the yes is usually synchronized with the no, by the way. So at that same day, when I returned home, devastated, depressed, uh, my whole life was destroyed because I completely saw myself uh, for past four and 30 years in my office uh, uh, dealing with people and being a clinical psychologist. And that day, I got a call from two of my cancer friends. Cancer is a water sign, and they, they are surfers for many, many years. And they told me, uh, I was in Israel at that time, let's go to Mexico um, to surf because we're going to go on a trip. You have now a few, a few months off. Why don't you join us? And I said, no, I don't know how to surf. You guys are real surfers. Besides, I'm, I'm really depressed now. I'm really down. I don't want to think about vacations. I don't deserve it, blah, 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 blah. And then when I, after I hung up the phone, I thought, wait a minute, my name in Hebrew means a wave. And these people just asked me if I would like to join them to learn how to surf. And I thought, wow, that's kind of a big synchronicity. So I called them back and I said, I'm going. And I went there and did a three-week surfing. But my real learning of surfing started actually very far from the sea in a, in a place called Guadalajara. It's, um, it's a city that there had an international airport. So to go back to Israel, I had to go there. And there, certain synchronicities happen. Um, it's a long story, but one thing led to the other, and I suddenly found myself being adopted by a family there. So I had no money. I spoke no Spanish. Uh, I didn't have anybody I knew. But somehow in the street, one thing led to the other. I met this family that adopted me. Literally, I stayed in their house for two years for free. And then uh, through other crazy synchronicities, I found myself forming a rock band there out of nowhere. And uh, our name was Sirius. We were performing in uh, clubs. And we even got an offer from Sony Mexico to um, to record our stuff. And then through running in the park not too far, a park called Columbus. Funny enough, I was living in the street called Las Americas. And the park was Columbus, the one that supposedly discovered America, even though the Viking discovered before. And in the park, I saw people doing yoga. I joined them. I became involved in their community. From there, I discovered astrology, from astrology in Kabbalah, and I stayed there for two years. And because I followed my name and learned how to surf, um, I basically, doing what I'm doing today and even talking to you and all the books I published and everything that I'm doing is because of me following um, my name. So I really recommend people um, to focus on the meaning or the story of their name because, yeah, there is a system like numerology that you can take the letters and, and combine them together. But my experience with um, uh, working a lot with people's names, you know, in America, 50% of the most popular names for men and for women are from the Bible, biblical names. And all these names uh, actually have a very powerful story because the Bible always explains the meaning of the name. And all the names in the Bible have a meaning. Basically, they're condensed stories. Um, and those names can be spelled differently. So if you spell Michelle or Michael or Mike, they all have different letters, therefore different energies, but really it tells the same story. It's the story of Michael. In Hebrew, it's called Michael, which means the likeness of God. So it doesn't matter if you're called Michelle, Michael, Mimi, Kiki, whatever your, your nickname is, your story is that you're a messenger, you're an angel. You're supposed to connect. I don't care if you're an agent, if you're a manager, if you're uh, a person that is um, a real estate agent, that is like an angel, comes in people's lives and find them there um, abode. You know what I mean? I, I think that you have to kind of connect as much as you can to the meaning of your name 
to know what is your story. You know how the people ask, what's your story? You know, like usually they ask it in a negative way. But in this case, it's not a negative way. Whenever you get into a junction in your life and you think, what should I do? Should I go to New York or live in LA? Should I be uh, doing this or doing that? Should I marry him? Should I not marry him? You always have to go back to your name and ask, what would your name do? And, you know, not always it's easy. You know, I, a lot of time when I have things happen to me, they happen in a very colorful mythological way because maybe from an early age, I trained my brain um, to think like that. And I'm not saying that everybody has to do it because if you're a scientist, you're programmed in a different way. Or if you're an artist, you're programmed to see or hear things. So everybody gets their science their way. But the name is something that is cross-cultural. You know, if you go to China, ancient China, if you go to India, if you go to Native Americans, a lot of time in the past, Native Americans used to uh, name their kids after a phenomenon that happened during the birth. So let's say a woman is giving birth in the tipi and suddenly this uh, um, deer is running through the camp out of nowhere, you know, it happened, or a buffalo suddenly shows up out of nowhere, he will call it would be called big buffalo or running deer because whatever happened that caused the mother to give birth at that moment also caused or triggered the energy of the deer to run. So if you look at the Bible, 80 names in the Bible immediately after the introduction of the name, for example, Moses, you have the interpretation of it. So the reason why is because um, most likely the uh, idea behind the name is that it kind of contains your DNA, all of your gifts, all of your challenges, how you can rise, how would you fall, you know? So I think that it's going to be very good for people to just, they don't know their meaning of the name, to Google it and to start not like say, oh wait, it means a flower in the desert. Great, I'm a flower in the desert. No, be deeper. What does it mean a desert? The desert is a place where there is no water. Wait, water is emotions, feelings, okay? What is a flower? A flower in the desert is like a contradictory in a sense because you don't expect flower to be in the desert. So maybe you are a person with contradiction. Maybe you are a person that combines feminine energy flower with masculine energy desert. I'm just giving an example. I just thought about it right now. You know, it could be that you're named after um, your grandmother. Great. It doesn't matter. A, if your grandmother died before you were born, maybe you are your grandmother. B, maybe your grandmother is named after you who were the grandmother of your grandmother, mm-hmm. and you're basically reclaiming your name. It happened to my sister, for example. We were sitting one day with my grandmother, and and she was. Uh, we did a little book with her with pictures, and then she was saying, yeah, this is the picture of my mother. Her name is Miriam. Uh, uh, Miriam is Maria, um, Mary. And my sister was like uh, cringing a little bit because we all knew that my grandmother's mother never touched her, never hugged her never lifted her, you know, on her hands. It was always the Ukrainian um, maid that did all of those uh, work for her. So she never touched her children. It was kind of beneath her. And then my sister said, it's terrible. I'm named after this horrible mother, this woman who never touched her children. And I told her, no, the way I see it is different. Um, There is an energy in our family ancestry, you know, and our family's karma uh, that is connected to the line of Maria. What is Maria? Maria is turning bitter water into sweet water, elevated water. Miriam, Mariam. It also means uh, elevated water. So it's very much associated with motherhood, sacrifice as a mother. So you might have been your grandmother's mother and you were a terrible mother, okay, and then you were born again to fix it and you were given a name that can help you fix it. 
And I told you, my sister, you know, I don't know a lot of mothers like you. She has a postdoctorate in MIT. She's completely accomplished as a scientist and as a mother. She has three kids who absolutely adore her and love her. Even during their teenage times, they were always with her. You know, they still live close by. I told her, you did what they call in Kabbalah, tikkun, fixing of your soul. So even if you're named after somebody you really don't like, A, maybe you're that person. B, maybe you have a chance to fix that archetype. And usually we don't like things that are inside of us that we still have to fix, you know. So even if you're named after a flower, even if you're named after somebody dead, even if you're named after a, a grandmother, it's still your choice um, how to be named. Even oh. if wow. Yeah. So, oh, so much in there that I want to just pull apart and dive into. And the, the, because I know that we have a time limit, I'm going to go right into my next question. And that is, how does it, how, how do we choose our names though? Like when, when we go up into, because I know that you're also a speaker on past life regression that all goes into this choosing of the names is that we've been here before we've lived a life and then we live another life, which I just, I love believing in this as well. And what is it like whenever we leave one past life and then go into wherever we go and then come back? And how do we choose the names that we are going to be called by? I, I think that we choose everything. Our charts, our mother, father, our genetic makeup, obviously, because if you choose your mother and father, you choose also the genes. Um, I think we're even there when the uh, sperm is uh, uh, swimming towards the egg. You know, I think that... Uh, we're very much involved. Don't forget that everything in spirituality, if you think about mysticism, they all stress the concept of oneness. So it's not like somebody else can choose anything for you. You are that somebody else choosing it for you. So first of all, if you think about the concept with through uh, mysticism, pure mysticism, uh, you are your mother, you are your father. God is you, you are God, all is one. So, of course, you were given the name, but you were given by name by somebody who is you. Now, that's looking at it from the highest point of view of uh, oneness. But the second kind concept is that even you as a differentiated or illusionary differentiated part of the soul, um, you whisper to your mother, hey, I want to be called um, uh, Madeline. I like that name. I want that name because that's what I need to learn in this life. And your mother, of course, doesn't know that it was you, but then suddenly she might be reading a book where the heroine is named like that and she is so taken by it that uh, she decided to name you over that character. Even though it was you in the bookstore, inside your mother's um, consciousness, that actually said, uh, that book, that book, get that book, that book is great, get that book. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Or it could be, no, I'm named after a movie star and my mother admired, of course. But it's you who kind of reminded her, or it was you looking through the bank of possible names that my mother wanted to use, you know, in during her life. Maybe it's somebody she met when she was a teenager. And that's the name that you decide to use, because the name is almost like a cloth or a dress or a garment that you're wearing on top of you. You know, your, your name is basically the word, the most important word in this lifetime, the word that creates the most amount of emotion out of you. That's why in uh, Kabbalah, for example, sometimes they don't call God God, they call him the name. So it's even, and you know how in Kabbalah, they're very obsessed about, in certain you know, parts of Kabbalah, certain schools of Kabbalah, they're very obsessed about trying to find the name of God, thinking that if they know the name of God, then they create whatever magic they want, because God is infinite, you know the name of God, then you have access to that power. Of course, it's, 
it's a metaphor, but what I'm saying is that the idea and the concept of the name is so embedded in many traditions that we do have to pay attention to it. Because if something repeats in many different cultures, there seems to be some kind of truth to it or some kind of um, a, a, something that is beyond just uh, one culture or one tradition or one uh, country or religion. And we're going to take a quick break to talk about today's show sponsor. At the time of recording this podcast, I am legitimately off coffee. Not necessarily caffeine or all of caffeine, but I am off coffee because I wanted to see and experiment with what my body would do going out into the world, into New York City without having that extra caffeine jitter, like the major caffeine jitter. And I've already been drinking the coconut matcha latte from Candor. I've mentioned this on the podcast before. So already drinking that while I was also drinking coffee. And I recently decided I was going to cut out coffee completely and only stick to uh, my celery juice and candor. And candor makes this particular coconut matcha latte that is thick and creamy and absolutely delicious because it has MCT oil in it. So it feels really full, filling actually, but it feels very full. Like, you know, those lattes you drink that are just really rich. That's what it tastes like, minus all of the calories and the sugar. So the coconut matcha latte from Candor is actually keto friendly because almost all the carbs are prebiotic fiber. It tastes delicious. I've already mentioned that, like really, really yummy. Um, Kendor believes in food, not pills as supplements. So you're getting these nutrients that you need and the brain clarity you desire through food, through drinking, through actual um, earthly goodness, things that come from the earth. And it's really great for having mindful caffeine dosages. Because like I said, I'm not totally off caffeine. I want to have a little bit, but I want to be very mindful about it because I was just drinking too much. They also make a CBD oil, a day and night one. And CBD, as you know, I've talked about this many times, it has a wide range of therapeutic effects. 42% uh, of CBD users stopped using traditional medications and switched to cannabis instead. It is super good for helping with anxiety and helping with better sleep and rest and just muscle relaxation. Um, uh, what is the arthritis? Yes, even arthritis. It's so good. So I'm a huge CBD fan. They make CBD. They make this latte. And I really recommend you get on it. What are you waiting for? So go head on over to choosecandor.com forward slash Maddie, M-A-D-D-Y, and use the code Maddie10, all one word, all caps for 10% off. Again, that is choosecandor.com forward slash Maddie and use the code Maddie10 for 10% off. And share your picture. Show me you drinking this delicious mixture and check out their website. I've talked about this before, but they're incredibly transparent. And that's one of the things they take pride in is being really honest about what they're doing really great in their company and where they can still improve a little bit more by being even more intentional with their ingredients and sourcing in an even more intentional way. And they're already doing an excellent job at all of that. So check them out. Choose Candor. Enjoy your matcha. See if maybe you want to let go of a little bit of the coffee for a while and switch over to the green stuff. And now it's time to head back. My other question for you was around nicknames then. So if I'm called Madeline, then I start to go by Maddie. And it's in, it, I actually feel so much more connected to Madeline 
I chose Maddie as my branded business name and everyone started calling me Maddie. And so now I also tell my friends, please call me Madeline because that's the name I resonate with more. Um, but I'm curious on what nicknames do to our souls if we're called something other than what we originally came to be called. Um, you know, I think that the name that you are using is the most important. So some people talk to me about their spiritual name. Um, they were given a spiritual name by some guru and they never use it only when they do yoga. So that's not your name. That's your uh, nickname or whatever. You know, it's not really the name that creates a lot of um, a vibration for you. And the nickname, if it's keeping the same meaning, it is important. For example, I have um, a relative who's named after his nickname is after his dog because he was with his dog all the time. So it was in high school. It got stuck there. Then he went to the army. It got stuck there. Then he went out of the army. It got stuck. So now a lot of people actually call him after his dog's name. So it's kind of uh, in the middle for him because his dog's name is completely not connected to his own name. Um, but his name himself means happiness and joy. And he was the happiest and the most joyous with his dog. So it's kind of connected. But in nickname, if it's, let's say your name is Michael and your nickname is Mikey, or like you said, it's a shorten of the sound, but if I ask you what is the name, you give your name, then it's the name story. So it didn't really change. You might uh, like the sound of it more, and of course, sounds is a lot. It's like a vibration. So I totally agree that you should ask your friends to uh, call you by your name, you know. Um, but if the nickname is completely different, okay, your name is uh, Mary and your nickname is Juju. Why Juju? Because, I don't know, you liked a song in the 80s called Juju, my love, or whatever. And everybody calls you Juju. Okay, so you have to look at what Juju means, and, and is it a nickname to something else, or a different name? And maybe that name is your story. But I really recommend to go back to your original name. And I've noticed that people that really don't like their name also usually have a time, a, a problem with themselves, you know, with their own energy. So people who don't like their signs, people who don't like their names, is usually people who have a hard time with themselves anyway, and that's just manifest that way. I had heard you on the Den Talks podcast say that if you reject your name, you reject yourself. And yeah, then that being said, you can still change your name. That's something yeah. that happens uh, in many different traditions. But you have to realize a lot of time it happens, for example, after initiation. So after an initiation, uh, let's say to a mystery, let's say to a, a monastery or you're a Templar or you uh, um, just went through some kind of even a Reiki initiation. Whenever you go through initiation, it is a good time to make a change of story, a change of name, because the change of the name is a change of the story. So that sometimes is not a bad thing to do, you know, but the initiation usually involves a sacrifice. And whenever you change your name or change your story, you have a sacrifice. You basically, um, Abraham, for example, had to uh, attempt to sacrifice his son. Um, uh, Jonathan, who changed his name in the Bible also, just added an age, uh, died in a sense, and had to give up and sacrifice crown prince. He was a crown priest, he's the crown, uh, for his friendship to David. So you have to realize that, yes, you need to change, if you want to change your name because you're not happy with it for many, many years, it demands a sacrifice. Think about it, uh, what's happening today with uh, transgender people. They want to change their uh, gender. 
Changing your gender, of course, will be involving changing a name, usually. But when you change something so drastic, like your name, which is supposed to be forever, or your uh, gender, which was supposed to be forever, then you have a sacrifice. The sacrifice is, of course, the payment you have to pay for the surgeries. Um, the fact that most people still are not going to accept you and think you're weird, that's a sacrifice. So when you hear it a lot with uh, transgender people talk about how much it is a sacrifice for them to do that change. Everybody thinks, oh, it's a fashionable thing. Everybody wants to change their sex. Now, no, it's not. It's involving a terrible sacrifice. It's a death. Nobody wants to die. You know, so even changing your name, changing your gender, even changing your country, you know, when an immigrant uh, moves to America or moves to Europe or wherever they go, they die as who they were before. And a lot of time they do have to change their name so that people can actually pronounce it in the new place. You know, so it is possible to change a name, but uh, it does involve sacrifice. Mm, yeah, I love that you brought up this perspective. And I know so many people who have changes their names to their spiritual names whenever they go through a, a, a kundalini training or their teachers give them a particular name and it it seems ah is it trendy like is that fair to say that it's kind of becoming something trendy because i know that amongst circles that i've been with there's this like oh man i want to go through this training because i want to have a new name like i want to have one of those cool names and yeah, but let's say this. How many of your people, you actually went to your contact list, changed their name to their spiritual name and started calling them? And when they call you, do you really get on the caller ID of their new spiritual name? Mm. Everyone that I personally know I that has actually gone through with changing their name, I met them after the name change. I have one friend who did change her name and my br I. I my brain always wants to say the other name. Actually, I have, a, I have a couple. They're not like when I think of spiritual names, I think of Jai something or Devi something. Um, but the people that I know more personally, they changed it to a completely different name that's not super spiritual. It's actually just a very different name. And my brain registers at their original name and I have to try really hard to remember their new one. Yeah, because it takes time for them to change uh, and grow into that name. And mm -hmm. again, depends how much they're using it. Is it their legal name? Are they getting their bills in that name? Um, you know, it's it's it needs to be a complete change if you're doing the change. It can't be like I'm going to use it in my yoga class or in my rave parties, and then um, uh, in my work they still call me Mister Whatever. Right. You know? right. And also, I I do suggest before you do your spiritual name change to compare your spiritual name meaning, even though it sounds very cool because it's in Punjabi or Sanskrit with your uh, given name, because it might be a chance that your given name is far more spiritual than whatever the guru gave you. I had that incident in uh, Golden Bridge, which is a very strong Kundalini. <clears throat> it used to be a pretty big yoga center with Guru Mook. And I used to teach there and, and work a lot. And one of the first classes I did on names was there. And one of the name, one of the ladies gave uh, the, her spiritual name. And she said very proudly that it's the next nectar of God. And uh, the elixir of God or something like that. And then when I asked her for her original name, it was Angela. So for me, it was a bad trade to change being an angel of God, a piece of light for a juice, you know, being named after a juice. I think that it's way less spiritual. 
you know, so I think that sometimes we get caught up with um, in the fact that the guru gave us our name, not realizing that when you're a soul, you're much higher than the guru. Because the guru is still a person. And when you're a soul, you're much more connected to the oneness. Therefore, you're holier. Mm. And you had the choice to give yourself the name that you wanted to give. There's something really special about when you say your your chosen name, like your first name, that's the most spiritual name that you can have. It feels like like that feels like home in my body. It my body is just like, yes, because so many of us are searching for more labels or things or um beliefs or like names to try on to put on to make us feel more validated in our spiritual life. Whereas we as as babies, we're the most spiritual creatures. We as, we as adults are the most spiritual creatures. We are already all of this within us. And it's hard to remember that in this world that's constantly showing what else we can be doing, be doing, be doing, be doing to almost have like these spiritual badges. And that's why I resonate so much with you, Gaul, is because you're teaching about the, the sheer brilliance and beauty and of the, the, the spiritual creature you already are. And it's like this big sigh of relief <laughs> like, oh yeah like everything that i came to earth in 1991 as a as a spirit and then a baby like all of those lessons that i meant to learn in this lifetime i was prepared and ready for as a spirit and i already knew that direction it's not outside of me it's always been within me and no other person is going to tell me something that i don't already know within my body and yeah that's true yeah. And that's the premise of the next age, the age of uh, Aquarius, the age of enlightenment. I would love to hear the story of how you almost had a different name sent your way, but how it didn't happen. Yeah, what happened was that I was actually in Mexico again, in Guadalajara, and, and uh, people that did yoga, yoga that I met were uh, Kundalini yoga. Uh, I was running in the park in Mexico, and I've never encountered yoga in my life, and suddenly I see these people dressed in white, uh, chanting mantras in, uh, in the middle of the field, and I just joined him. And then he told me, you know, it's a coincidence because uh, our master, Yogi Bhajan, is coming to Guadalajara. You know, and I didn't know who Yogi Bhajan was at that time. He was obviously alive. He's the one that brought Kundalini Yoga to, uh, um, to the West and actually developed it. So I went to a conference with him, and, you know, at that time, there were like 20, 30 people in the conference. So it was really personal. Um, and I got to ask him questions. And then uh, at the end, they said, you know, if anybody wants their spiritual name given to them, uh, give us uh, your name and we'll send you an envelope with that. Blah, blah. And I said, wow, that's great. Because at that time I was having, I had a rock band. I was confused. What am I supposed to be a rocker? Am I going to sleep in Mexico? Should I move someplace else? Should I go to Israel? I thought, okay, you know, it was my Saturn return. It's a good time for a name. And the name never came. And I didn't care after that. You know, I, I started studying Kabbalah and astrology and I found my path. I didn't really need that. name. And then many, many years after, uh, Guru Muk, who became a really good friend of mine, um, went to Guadalajara uh, to teach yoga. That's long after Yogi Bhajan died. And then she uh, came back and she told me, oh, you can't believe what happened. They actually said, oh, you know, God, we have a letter from him that uh, we never knew where to send. Uh, would you take it for him? And she said, being a Pisces, no, 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 don't give me anything. I'm going to lose it. Just here is his address. Mail it to him. And of course, it got lost in a mail. I never got it. But at that time, oh, definitely, I couldn't care less what my spiritual name is, because at that time, I think 
once have really embraced my name, uh, and I think it did happen in Mexico, then I really didn't feel like I need that name. And when you don't need something, it doesn't come your way. Hmm. That's the beautiful thing about Mercury retrograde. Do you believe in coincidences, just out of curiosity? I, I coincident basically means two things happening at the same time. So yeah, of course I believe in it. It's called synchronicity. To think that they're random and insignificant? No, because I believe in oneness. Hmm. And I believe that everything is part of the one. And yes, because the one is one, there's also a place for randomness and chaos in the one. But we call it like that because we don't understand it. So if I believe that there are certain incidents that happen simultaneously, coincidence, that we don't understand what it means, it doesn't necessarily mean that it doesn't mean anything. Even if its meaning is chaotic and unpredictable or random, it still has a meaning. Mm -hmm. It still pushes you someplace. So I think that every, everything is synchronized. That nothing happens for uh, without a reason. It doesn't have to be the most important reason on the planet. And, uh, you know, like uh, life is going to change now, you know. And, and, but I do believe that there is um, a reason for things, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Um, I have another question that it might be something that's been covered pretty much, but I just want to hear it from this lens. What if you have a name as, like, I've had, I've had a name since I was a kid that I'm like, being this little child carrying my baby doll and I'm like one day I'm gonna grow up and I'm gonna have a little boy and his name's gonna be this and this name has been so like it just lingers and attaches to me I can't shake this name that I want to have I want to have a, a kid with this name and of course now it's it's all of a sudden it was not like this but all of a sudden it's like the number one boy name um and where it so is that even as a child would you say that that then is a soul, a future soul that's being communicating with me, that it wants to be born and it wants to be this name, possibly? Yeah, I would say that that's probably either somebody you knew and is kind, come, kind to come back, uh, or it's somebody that uh, you're still to meet. So mm -hmm. definitely. But it's it's the communication with something out there. It's not just coming from me. It's like that is a communication with another soul right there. Because it, it yeah, really truly doesn't feel like it's just coming from my own mind saying, like, I love this, like I love it. It's like this needs to be, this needs to exist, this needs to come forward. So that's really interesting. I just wanted to get your take on that. Yeah, I think it's totally um makes sense. Okay, and then one other thing, because you don't know this about me, but I love Tolkien. I am obsessed with Lord of the Rings. And you brought up something about Frodo and, and Bilbo and the Den Talks radio that, podcast that you did. And I just, anything you can share with me about names and the importance of names, anything, like any random fact will just feed my soul about Lord of the Rings, especially around like any synchronicities with Frodo and Bilbo. I'm just so curious. You know, the fact that um, uh, today, I mean, yesterday was their um, their birthday. So Frodo and Bilbo were both born um, on the 22nd of September. And of course, it's not random. It's because uh, they were kind of a balancing act between light and dark. Uh, they were the one that could carry the ring, both of them. They're basically, basically, they're both the ring carriers. 
uh, knowing that they're going to enjoy the power and then have to let it go. That's kind of, I think, the message of uh, Tolkien, doing it on the 22nd of September, which is the solstice, uh, sorry, the equinox, when the day and the night are equal, light and dark. So they were always, you know, even they were called half halflings. And the idea of halflings uh, is that they're kind of in between, you know. So I think that um, that was his message, that they could start with uh, in the Shire and la land at the end in Mordor. You know what I mean? Like starting the light and end in the dark. And being able to be right in between. Because if you're too much the light, they wouldn't be able to uh, linger and be in Mordor. If they were too much of the dark, they wouldn't be able to be on the team that they were. So it was kind of a um, balancing act. And the fact that the ring made them be able to be seen and not seen. You know, so you'll see that a lot of their energy is contradicting. They seem small, and yet they are giants. They seem scared, but really they're brave. You know, and I think that that's uh, how astrology kind of moved into um, uh, the story. Mm, oh my gosh, wow. And do you know any significance behind Tolkien's name and anything within that? Uh, no, I never looked into it. Uh, I don't even know what, um, let's see. Um, I don't think I even know what JRR stands for. I feel, feel like uh, I should know this. So, talking, meaning of name. Talk. It's a German name from Saxon. Um, it's something like a daredevil or foolhardly, foolhardly, foolhardy. It's a, it's a, it's kind of somebody that takes risks or jump into the unknown. And also, don't forget that he wrote that whole story during World War Two. So. Mm. And the last name, are last names just as important as our first name? Yeah, I think the last name is a little bit less because it's more modern. It's like a it's a newer edition. And I think it basically is your tribe. It kind of uh, represents your tribe. Mm -hmm. Like you're a kind of, let's say, your, your name is, um, I don't know, the meaning of your name is, let's say, uh, a wheel. Okay, so your last name will say what kind of a wheel. You know what I mean? It kind of like, kind of a little bit more uh, focuses the story, or maybe it gives you the genre of the story. So the same way that you can do a comedy about Hamlet, or a horror movie about Hamlet, or just a tragedy about Hamlet, um, maybe your last name is almost the way the story is told, or the genre of the story. Hmm. So my besides um, besides Magdalene. And the meaning within that, which truthfully, I, I have not learned nearly as much about Magdalene as I would like to, to be able to communicate with her. Because I know so many people like that is their goddess, like that's who they learn the most from. And they have the Magdalene studies and they pray to Magdalene. And I would love to learn more about that and create that connection. I think that's actually something really missing from my life is that. Um, but besides that, I know that Madeline means high tower and is a, a tower, which this may or may not resonate, uh, I mean, not resonate, this may or may not make um, the connection there, but growing up as a kid, the amusement parks terrified 
everything for me. Like it was the worst thing ever is my parents wanting to go to ride rides. I hated roller coasters. The only roller coaster, the only ride I would ever want to ride and no one understood why was at Disney. It's called the Tower of Terror. And I loved this tower that you just went up and down. Like it felt so good. I loved this thing. So now looking back at my name, I'm like, wow, that's really interesting. Like I do love, I do love looking over things. I do love being high. I'm a projector in human design. So I'm like always kind of like this bird looking above, down below. And then when I take in my last name with Moon, I had no idea the work that I would end up doing in my, my life would be around feminine energy and emotions. Everything I do is around emotions, your emotional well-being. Um, going into the realm of emotions, the dark, the light, um, everything about it. I love the polarity of it. So maybe that's why I'm just so fascinated in all of this is because I can see how my name is almost like a book for the, thing, the, the path that I've chosen and what I love and what exhilarates me and what I teach. And it's just, it's just really, 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 really interesting because it's your name. You know, I, I just, I never really slowed down to think about it because I always just assumed like, oh, my parents named me this. Oh, it's just because my parents, my parents, my parents. But it's our souls. And I'm, I'm very grateful to you for, for speaking this truth and, and teaching us the, the spiritual essences we already have within us and how powerful our are chosen the ones we chose our names are for our lives so thank you you're very welcome and um yeah i think that you need to be a tower a, a tower that you know we build our antennas at the towers and magdalena comes from migdal in hebrew which is uh, uh the tower obviously and there's a place called uh, magdalena still and uh, not too far from the Sea of Galilee that I think that in Israel that maybe it would be good for you to um, uh, go check out. Oh, wow. I went to Israel last year and it was like this warm welcome home to my soul and I couldn't explain that either. And I went to the Sea of Galilee actually. I was in an acrobatic troupe kind of thing where you're doing like acrobatic stuff um, all, all around Israel and it was, it was just such a beautiful experience but I don't think we went there and I've been needing a reason to go back so there we go. I'm going to go. Yeah, that would be a good thing. <laughs> I'm so excited. So tell us about the event coming up in New York. Um, we're going to do it at Three Jewels on the 16th of October at 8 p.m. And we're going to talk, we're going to do a past lifetime regression. So the first part is going to talk about um, past lives, how, how, how different traditions deal with death, letting go. Um, what is the afterlife, ghosts, and stuff like that. And then the second part would be a very deep guided meditation slash hypnosis uh, to allow you to travel to uh, a past life. And where can people connect with you outside of the live events that you do, maybe online, on Instagram, yeah. or your website? Yeah, uh, cosicnavigator.com. There's also uh, um, features there for do your own free chart. You can get tarot cards uh, reading there for free. Um, there's a lot of lectures, blogs, so there's a lot of, uh, there's a whole tab there called free stuff that they can check out and uh, do their own charts, learn how to interpret and so forth. Fabulous. I will include all of those on the show notes for this. And before we head off, can I ask you just a couple last quick fire round questions? Mm -hmm. Okay. What is one book that we almost read? Uh, that's, uh, I don't know about one book, to be honest. Um, 
But let's see now. Recently, I read a really nice book um, called Circe. I don't think it's like, you know, it's not like if you don't read it, you're going to die. And, uh, um, but I really like her because uh, her name is Mandeline Miller. And it's called Circe. She also wrote a book called uh, um, Achilles' Song. So both of them are dealing with Greek mythology made very real and very grounded. So that's why I appreciate it. So I recommend that. Mm. So we don't, you know, it's not guilty. We don't really like go by guilty. But if you were to have some sort of indulgent pleasure, what we may call a guilty pleasure, what would that be? Uh, croissants. If croissants didn't have any backlash, I would eat them all day probably. <laughs> um, but I know that uh, if I eat one, I'll have to eat another, another, another. That's mm. kind of like every time I have to order coffee, I have to go by the croissant stand and fight with my addiction to croissants. I guess I was French in a past life. The croissant addiction. Yeah. Um, who is a very profound mentor you have had in your life? I never met him, but uh, except in a dream, he came to visit me in a dream. It's Joseph Campbell. He's the great mythologist, uh, the hero with a thousand faces, but he really influenced how I uh, write, how I talk, and I really appreciate what he's done to, um, to all of us to help us understand oneness. And of so, course, David Bowie. And of course, you, yeah. Um, I hear that when we die, we're greeted by somebody, somebody that's very important to us. Um, do you, who do you think will greet you whenever you die in this lifetime? Uh, maybe I haven't met them yet. Because mm. my parents are still alive. Um, my sister, which I really love, my brother, and all, all of these people are still alive. So I hope I'm going to die before them. So... Okay. Nothing specific. No one specific. Okay. Very last question is what's the next travel destination on your list? Uh, Washington, D.C. Ah, real or uh, what I want to? Uh, Actually, no, I what travel. You want. What you want? A place I've never been that I would like to go is Iceland. Oh, yeah. Um, another place I really want to be that I haven't been. No, I think that most of the places I go to, I want to go to, and I go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a good way to. It's a good way to, to travel. You want to go? Yeah, go, do it. Yeah, we only live multiple lives, but yeah. we're only living That's this true. one right now. Oh, Gal, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast and for sharing your time with us. Um, just, I'm gonna meet you. I'll be there at the event, so everyone should go. But I'm very excited to meet you in person and to go into that journey and. I look forward to it. So thank you again. Thanks a lot. And um, happy Equinox to everybody.